Welcome to the church at Nolansville. If you're a guest, my name is Wade Owens. I'm the campus and teaching pastor here, and we're so glad that you're here. We'd love to know you inside your worship guide. There is a communication card. If you give us your name, email, and phone number, we'd love to reach out to you, send you a gift, and just help you get connected, make some friends here. And so we're excited that you're here. We're starting a new series today called Seasons of the Soul. And what's interesting is that our souls, they, they really do, they have seasons. They're up and they're down, and one day things seem great, the other days they're challenging. I, uh, I grew up in a home, it was a broken home, and for much of my early childhood and into my teenage years, my dad was an alcoholic. And I just remember sometimes it just felt like it was hard to breathe. And I remember meeting my wife, best day of my life, going on 22 years later, every day, still the best day of my life. I I remember seeing my parents divorce, but after I became a follower of Jesus, I I watched my mom and, and then my dad both become followers of Jesus. And I watched them get remarried to each other. I watched my brother and my sister become followers of Jesus. And then before I left my former church to come here, I baptized my last niece and nephew. I mean, we rode the emotional ups and downs. But the summer before I came here, my dad at 67 and was just baptized. My last niece found out he had stage four cancer. Just like that. They called us to their house and said, hey, we need to talk. And I just remember going, my God, you've, you've put all of this back together. You've healed. You've mended. You've restored. <laughs> and, and I can't tell you how many times I wish my dad were here to see this. Just the seasons of the soul are up and they're down. Amen? And so one moment we are riding a high. Just I can't believe what, what's happening. And then the next minute it's like, I can't believe what's happening. And so today and over the next couple of weeks, we're, we're just going to dive into that. And I just want you to know, whatever you walked in here from, whatever your background is, whatever your history is, if you're new to church, if you've been coming nine months before you were born, just we're glad you're here. And we're going to talk about the seasons of the soul. And we want you to know, not only are we intimately aware that, that that's a truth in our lives, but, but so is our creator. So is our God. And we're going to look to his word for comfort. We're going to look to his word for healing. Let's pray together. Lord, today I pray. I pray that you would do what only you can do. I pray in these moments, God, that you would, you would speak to our hearts, that you would mend hearts, that you would heal hearts. And God, I pray that you would remind us that in any season, in every season, God, you dictate, you control, and we can trust you. In Jesus' name. And the church said... And so we want to begin, if you've got a copy of the scriptures, we're going to look at a few verses of scripture, and we're going to ultimately find our way to Ecclesiastes. But we want to begin with Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 through 11. And in Isaiah 46, verses 9 through 11, what you're going to see God saying is, he's going to say, hey, I want you to know that I sit on top of time. I not only see the past, I not only see the present, but I also see the future. I see everything. I, sit, I set everything 
into motion. You're going to see God declaring, hey, I rule all of eternity. And at first that's hard to process, but for one like me who's experienced all different seasons of the soul, to know that there's a God who knows and sees, it's, it's comforting. So look at Isaiah 46 and look at verses 9 through 11. God says this, he says, for, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. I declare the end from the beginning and from long ago what is not yet done, saying my plans will take place and I will do all my will. How much of his will, church? All. I call a bird of prey from the east and a man for my purpose from a far country. Yes, I have spoken, and so I will also bring it about. What God is saying is, I rule all of time. I'm not surprised. I'm not concerned because I'm sovereign over everything. Now, see, I'm 42 years old. I am not that at all. I love history. I read history. I study history, watch documentaries. So I know my 42 years of experience, and I know what I learn, and I know what I study. And if you ask me, hey, what's going to happen tomorrow? I can say, I'm going to go to this meeting. I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to meet this person. I'm going to begin studying for next week at this time. I go home and take one of my kids here. We're probably going to have this for dinner because we meal plan. I got a forecast. And there are a lot of weeks that my schedule gets interrupted Monday morning, 10 a.m., And what I thought would be a normal week turned out to be a very different week than I expected because I'm limited. I can forecast, but I don't see like God sees. And God is saying, hey, at your best, you're going to live 90 to 100 years. But but I have always been. And I don't just see in a broad sense. I also see every detail of every moment. I see each moment, even the ones that haven't happened yet. That's what God is declaring in Isaiah. So much so that he says, even my governance extends that even birds hunt because I tell them to. And so this infinite God who rules all of creation, who sees the past and who sees the future, still governs the birds of prey to hunt on a daily basis. And then he goes on to say, I even move a man from this country to that country. So have you all seen the bunker, bumper stickers that says, hey, I wasn't born here, but I got here as quick as I could? you all seen that? Yeah, God says, no, that's not true. I brought you here. Whether it was your job or your family or a health issue, whatever it was, Scripture would say, God brought you here. No, 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 wait, you don't understand. I moved to Middle Tennessee because my job transferred me. God said, no, I did that. No, you don't understand. They were starting a new division, and I worked really hard, and I earned this position, and they traded. God said, I did did that. No, you don't understand. Like, my my mother-in-law's health was failing, and I need to move. He said, I did that. And God commands all of eternity. God rules over everything, even the most minute details. But what I love about the God of the Scriptures is that even though he's that kind of a God, he's other, he's distant, he's sovereign, he's also... He's intimate. He didn't just create and walk away. He didn't just unfold creation with a magic wand and then go, oh, let's see how it goes. No, he's intimately involved with you. And as 
we begin to talk about seasons of the soul, you've got to understand both God's sovereignty, how he rules over everything, but you've got to see how intimately involved he is with you. And you find this in Psalm 139. You're probably quite familiar with it, but, but turn there, if you like, Psalm 139. Let's look at verses 13. We'll go read down to 19. You probably know this, maybe seen it on a coffee cup, but it's so much weightier than just a verse we, we put in our home. This is the God of the universe we're talking about. Look what he says. He says, you knit me together in my mother's womb, and I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All the days were written in your book and planned when? Before a single one of them began. I was fearfully and wondrously made. All of my days were written in your book, God's book, before a single one of them were made. You were made by God. For God, but I don't, I don't want you to hear a vague you. I want you to feel a specific you. Where you sit in this moment, regardless of your story, the God of the universe wove you intricately in your mother's womb. And he has knowledge of every moment and every second of your life. He has seen and known and forecasted every tear, every smile, every heartache, every celebration. He wove you together, all of your substance, your personality, your makeup, who you are, he made you. And growing up, I had this disorder, what, the, what some adults called as an outside voice. You know what I'm talking about? Parents, how many of your kids have an outside voice? Yeah. It's almost impossible for me to not be really loud. In fact, I'll, I'll go into rooms and notice that people are talking and I'll be on the phone and I'll try to be quiet and sometimes they're like, gosh, that guy is loud. <laughs> I'm like, I know, Psalms 139. <laughs> God knew who I would be at one point and knew that I, I would need a strong voice and so that's not a biological collision. That's the sovereign God who spoke the universe into creation but also is intimately involved and said, I'm going to make way that way for my purposes and one of your struggles in mine and we, we think about seasons is you've got to stop pretending you're someone else and that your season should be someone else's season or someone else's season should be your season because God didn't mess up when he made you And God didn't mess up when he made the season that you're walking in right now. That's, that's not what happened. God made you. God has allowed the season that you're walking in, and he steps back. And regardless of what's happening, he goes, it's, it's beautiful. And it's good. And it's right. And we, 
We, we need that framework that God is other and distant and sovereign and knows everything, but he's also intimately involved with us. We've got to have that sort of framework. We have to have that sort of lens in order to read Ecclesiastes well. We have to know that about our creator. So as we read Ecclesiastes, as we jump into this, it, it begins to make sense. And so now with that framework, let's, let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. This is a very familiar, our air like that won't be like that in the new building, just FYI. Um, How many of y'all know the band in the 60s and 70s that made this really popular? Anybody? Who said it? The Birds, that's right. There's a band called The Birds, and all they did was sing these verses, and everybody was like, I'm so moved by that. Yeah, it's God's word. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. There is an occasion for everything. I would underline that, circle that, highlight. Occasion for everything. And a time for every activity under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. A time to search and a time to count as lost. A time to weep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his struggles? I have seen the task that God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in the hearts. But no one can discover the work God has done from the beginning to the end. You and I are living in in the moment that God decided, wired the way we're wired on purpose. And his his vision for what's happening in our life isn't limited in regards to you in in any way. Not with how you're wired, not with what's going on, not with what you can handle, none of that. God just knows and he, he sees. And when we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, what you see here is a, a list, not of what's just happening in your life, but listen, look right at me. This is a list of what God allows to happen in your life. And I still struggle with that because there's a lot of different seasons in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And it's been well said that when you think about this, don't think about these as individual aspects, but think about them as ingredients that God then mixes together to serve the purposes of your life. What happens, though, is we treat this instead of like a list of ingredients that all work together for the glory and goodness of God. We think about it more of like a buffet. Yeah, I'll take a little bit of laughter. Maybe a little bit of dancing, and we're Baptists. We don't want a lot of dancing. If you didn't know we're Baptists, hello, surprise, we're Baptists. 
So we want to we wanna pick and choose, right? A time to be born. Yeah, I'll take that. Time to die. No, not so much. A time to plant and a time to pluck what was planted. I'll just take the plucking, the harvest, because that's the, the fruit of all the labor. Time to kill and a time to heal. Sometimes we want to do both of those. Time to break down and a time to build up. I'll take the building. Tearing down doesn't sound much fun. Time to weep and a time to laugh. I'd rather laugh till I cry. Time to mourn and a time to dance. Time to cast away stones and time to gather. I'd much rather gather than cast away. Time to seek, time to lose. I'd rather seek. Time to tear and a time to sow. I'd much rather mend than have something torn. Time to be silent? No, thank you. Time to speak? Ah, now we're talking. Time for war? Time for peace. My preference is always peace, but you don't get to choose the ingredients. Because we're not smart enough. Because we'll only pick what we think we want, and our vision is limited at best. The Bible says, you see dimly, as in a vapor. And if we could choose, we would only choose the good. Nothing that stings, nothing that hurts, nothing that bothers, nothing that stretches. I only want the good. And God loves you way too much to allow you to choose every moment of every season of your life. The sovereign God who created and sustains the world, who formed you and knows you, chooses these ingredients. Show of hands, how many of y'all like cake? You can be honest in church, right? There's so many ingredients that, that makes a good cake. But I've never seen someone sit down to just a big old bowl of flour and just dig in, oh, the flour! Or take vanilla extract out of the cupboard and just drink it down. Which is a dirty trick, by the way. I remember being eight or nine going, oh, they hid vanilla in here. Not so much. You're not just going to take a big tablespoon of baking powder and eat it. But in order for the cake to be something that we would all enjoy, all of those things work together. Some of them on their own are sweet. And you could take just that ingredient. Others are very bitter and you don't want any part of it on its own. So are the seasons of our life. Some of them are so sweet you never want them to end. Some of them are so bitter you can't wait until the next day. But we get so busy looking at other people's seasons thinking about where we were, where we should be, and not being where we are. And God says there's a time for every season. And that time is not purposeless. But in the hands of God, it's purposeful, and he's made everything beautiful, the Bible says, in its time. You think about it like this. You know, having a child is, is a process. It begins with romance. 
And then there's this great moment of joy as soon as the test says, guess what? And then nausea. So you go from extreme, from, from romance to joy, to nausea, to lethargic, to sick, to swollen ankles. And that's just the guy, right? But then that fades away and then back's hurting up all through the night, cramping. I mean, it's, it is an unbelievably tough process. So tough that I'm really glad I'm a guy tough process. And then it get worse. Labor and delivery, it's painful, it's long, it's, it's, it's bloody, it's, 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 it's horrible, really. <laughs> and did you know that when a woman breastfeeds, that she secretes a hormone that allows her body to forget the pain? Otherwise, we'd all have one kid, you know. <laughs> so God, knowing his creation, put some hormones in there. Otherwise, we're not going to be fruitful and multiply. I mean, it's, it's a process. And even in something that's so beautiful has moments and times that don't feel beautiful at all. And that's, that's just an earthly shadow of what our life is supposed to be. Moments of pain, moments of joy. All throughout our life, not so we allow it just to terminate on us so that we give it back away. So that the body of Christ gets built up one another. Because in this room right now, in this moment, is every spectrum in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 1 through 11. The room's too large for it not to be mostly true. There's a lot of sorrow in this room. There's a lot of joy in this room. There's laughter. There's weeping. There's mourning. There's grief. And there's romance that's budding. We're all over the map. And we want you to know as a church, number one, hey, you're not alone. It's supposed to be that way. And we want to be there for you and with you. And even when we mess it up or even when we fail, you have a God who never leaves and never fails. And so I don't want you to be so far on the human side of this that you miss the purposes of God. It's like being on the wrong side of a loom. Or being so close to stained glass that you can't see the beauty when you back up from it. And the Bible says at the end of Ecclesiastes 3 that God has put eternity in the hearts of man. So all of the joy and all of the sorrow and all of those things help us to recalibrate our hearts. That say, man, I, I'm not big enough or smart enough to figure all this out and I need someone greater than me. And so all of the different seasons of life just help recalibrate and point our hearts to the creator who knows and loves. And I pray that's what whatever season you're in would do for you today. Point you to the God who made you. Point you to the God who loves you. And as you're doing that, you need to know whatever season that you're in, it's okay. 
If it's winter, man, let winter do its work. Don't be like the snowbird of the soul that just wants to run away from it. Our farmers will tell you, you've got to have winter if you're going to have spring. Soil needs to rest. Sap's got to get down from the trees. You've got to have so many days under freezing in order for the bugs to not be so bad next year. Winter's got to do its work. There are seasons of good times that you've, you've got to let go. Right now, Caleb's eighth grade going into ninth grade, and my daughter's, it seems like every year I've got to let go of going, man, this is the first last, or the last first, right? Because one day, I'm going to drive them off and drop them all like, bye! I'm like, dad, you're embarrassing me. Even the good things you have to let go. And so this morning, the goal of the beginning of this sermon to give you permission to grieve and to be in whatever season you're in. And to know in the midst of all of that, that there's a God who knows, there's a God who sees, and there's a God who allows. Not to harm you, not to hurt you. He didn't come to kill or destroy. He came to give life. And you have a church around you that wants to walk with you wherever you are. And so the talk today is not, get over it. The talk today is, it's okay. Be in that season. Walk in that season. Let us know how we can walk with you in that season. And so what we want to do as we get ready to sing again, we want to give you permission just to ask God to speak into your season for a moment. So I'm just going to ask you, close your head, close your head, close your eyes, <laughs> bow your head. You know, life's not a sitcom that's just all wrapped up in 30 minutes. And as you find a, find a spot just to be alone with the Lord, be alone with your thoughts, here's, here's what you need to know. Man, God's not an ambulance driver. He's not an EMT. He's not a first responder who has to show up and triage your life. God knows. God sees. So whatever the season is today, step one is just accepting that season. And so if you'd be bold, I'm just going to invite you to open your hands, kind of palm to the ceiling. And in your heart, just say, God, this is my season. God, I trust you in this season. God, give me courage. 
God, give me faith to give me peace. And if you're in a great season right now, walk with those who are. And if you're in a tough season right now, I pray you would help us by being known. Link arms with us. Do life with us. That's why we're here. We have 22 life groups that meet around town. We have a team of pastors. Let us know you. Let us do life with you. And so, God, we pray today. We pray that you truly will work all things together for good. Not all things are good, but you work all things together for good. You make everything beautiful in its season. So as a church, we want to celebrate whatever we're in because we're celebrating the God who allows it. And God, you've done miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And we pray you would do it again. In Jesus' name.